0: Hello everyone, I'm your host Nicholas Babaya, and thanks for listening to another episode of the Rational Standard Podcast. Today's episode of the podcast was filmed in a different location to normal. I recently visited the small little town of Urania, which is situated on the banks of South Africa's Orange River up in the Northern Cape. Now I'm sure many people know things about Urania already, perhaps you have a negative view of Urania as the press has depicted it not exactly in the most flattering way, so I decided that while I was up there, I had to try interview a resident of Urania and actually hear right uh, from somebody who had on-the-ground experience what the town was like, why it's there, what the philosophy of it is, and actually get some truth to the matter. It's an unfortunate fact that Urania is depicted very badly in the media. I've addressed some of um, the falsehoods which I believed are being spread around in an article which will be published by Rational Standard as well as, you know, just my own take on the place as a libertarian. I was actually very pleasantly surprised, but I won't talk too much. Uh, for now, uh, please enjoy what I think is a very good, a very comprehensive explanation. Well, not too comprehensive, but certainly we do, we do touch all the important parts about how the town works. Uh, but it's a great explanation of the town of Urania from somebody who lives in it and who has lived there for most of his life. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Rational Standard Podcast with Joost Stredor. Joost is by Lackerham with Joe Hirtebraut, and he. Bayamoy D'Oipi Fandaranya Personally, I'm very happy to be here This is a place I've wanted to visit for many, many years But one does not get many opportunities to drive a few hundred kilometers Into the middle from the desert So (laughs) thank you very much for having me Um, I want to start off by asking, you know I think when a lot of South Africans who don't really understand Urania think about the prospect of coming to live here it, it doesn't sound so nice it's like why would people go to this tiny little town in the, in the middle of the desert so can I start off by asking uh, how long have you lived here and what was the choice of uh, you or your family to
1: come live here based on Nick thanks for the opportunity oh, um, when we originally moved here I was, uh, I was too small to have much of a say in the matter uh, we moved from uh, from Natal from from Barville in, in, in Kozulu Natal um, when I was about two or three years old. And um, I think one of the one of the main reasons that, that my parents usually would give, you know, apart from a lot of political turmoil uh, uh, yeah. at the, the early nineties na- in Natal, you know, being with with the ANC and in Qatar, you know, actually, actually shooting at, at each other very close to our home and so on. Sure. Um that was a that was a That sounds very dangerous. You know, thing, that yeah that was a security risk. Firstly, but I think Urania is part of a solution in my eyes, you know, and, um, and at that stage also in, in their point of view, uh, other than a lot of other institutions and political parties and so on, and that, that's actually more part of a problem. And there's a lot of negativity going on in South Africa, you know, and, and my parents just figured, you know, they can't trace children when every conversation is about rape or murder or farm murders That's or whatever yeah. and they decided you know they want to be part of something more positive and um I think Urania is something that I feel I personally feel I can you know defend on a personal level and even in in whichever level i can i can I can try to um, rational i can rationalize Urania yes. for myself and, and explain it to people as a as a as a solution as a long term solution for a lot of problems, not one or two, but a lot.
0: Absolutely. Now, you said you moved here in the 90s. I believe Orania yeah. was only founded in, what, 92? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So we were, the town, was, we, I think we moved here in 1996. So you guys were some of the first. No, no, 95. Yeah, we were some of the first. The town was, it was really a, a pioneer yeah. a Pioneer lifestyle, you know. Um, so i yeah. we, we lived on a, actually, when we, we have a little little farm, just outside of, still part of Orania, but um, we moved there before there was even a house or so, so it was wow. like really, or even a electricity, water or sewage connection. Was Maybe. life quite difficult in the early days of Orania? Very much so, yeah, yeah, you know. Mm. Um, in the first place, uh, all basic services is something that we have to provide for ourselves. Yeah. And there was just nothing, you know. Orania was abandoned by the Department of, uh, of Water. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure when, but it, but it was empty for about 10 years. So, so we've been in the 80s then. And yeah. Managed, yeah. Uh, when we came here, when, when Urania was bought and, and founded, there um, was just nothing and everything was, was really neglected. And some, you know, um, homeless people moved into some of the houses or used stuff. So the, the, the town was really plundered. and sure. uh, A lot of hours went to repairing buildings. So it, was, it was a uh, tough I, time. Absolutely. Now... On,
0: on, a, on a different note of, of why people move here, can I ask, uh, I'll, I'll go to the specifics just now, but in your experience of living here for most of your life, what do you think the main reasons are for townsfolk to move to Iran? Is it quite similar uh, in your case? Obviously South Africa is of major problems in terms of crime. It's not a nice place to bring up your children if you constantly have to keep them behind a high fence or worry about them if they walk into the street. Uh, so there's that, of course, but in addition to that, how much does the effort to preserve the Afrikaner culture play into that? Do you think that's also a very big aspect for people wanting to move here? Pretty tough
1: question. Yeah. Um, without proper census data, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to answer. I uh, answer. Of course, I'm asking can, yeah, 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 personal, your personal I can, opinion. I can only answer from my perspective. Yeah. Firstly, I mean, if you look at, I mean, you can you can even call it the type of migration from the north to the. The, the, the southwest of the country at this time you know a lot yeah. of people moving to the western cape yeah. um, and uh, and I think it's for similar reasons but Urania I, it's so diverse you know not only where people are coming from that are moving here but also the reasons uh, I think um, you get two types of people primarily moving to Iran you know. Firstly, people that move for things that's, that's easy, easily easy to explain is things like practical uh, reasons, you know, practical reasons practical yeah, practical reasons, uh, things like crime, th- things like job opportunities, economic reasons, and so forth. And on the other hand you get people that figure out all of the practical stuff. Yeah. But they are moving for the idea. I see. Um. Uh, so so it's 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 hard to get everybody to buy into the idea from the beginning. Most people living here for two or three years they start to understand much more, they have much better insight as to why Urania. And although the original reason for moving might be one thing, their reason for staying might be a total different thing. Yeah, the reason I'm very
0: interested in that question in particular, and the one thing which got me very interested in it was, uh, I listened to a talk by Jakub Kleinhans uh, on YouTube, while well, he was actually just answering some questions about Urania, and he mentioned that there was actually a German couple who studied Afrikaans in Germany for a few years and then applied and moved here.
1: That so, yeah. So, yeah, speaking about Afrikaner culture, so yeah. we say the goal of, of Orania in, in broad terms is to, to create a, a future f- where Afrikaner culture can be preserved. Anybody willing to buy into the idea of the preservation and the, the building out of Afrikaner culture are welcome here. You know, um, and, and, and that is that's the case with the German couple that moved here they, um, I wouldn't say they left any of their own culture behind, but they went through a, a very long and intense process of learning Afrikaans, of, of you know, um, learning Afrikaner uh, um, culture, assimilating, like, really. Things like our, uh, our public holidays. Or, Orania, of course, we, we have our own uh, public holidays. We do not um, go to the South African official no, ones, we yeah. don't. We don't celebrate most of them. Um, and and you know buying into things some simple things like sport I'm, I'm not sure what it's called in English but Yeah, it's Afrikaner it's Afrikaner sport and I mean they, they bought into a, such a broad spectrum of Afrikaner things and I think I can I can honestly say that Sep and Rita they are um, they are not only participating in Afrikaner but they're doing their part to help us preserve it and build it out. Yeah, well, that sounds wonderful to hear, you know, because I, part of the reason why
0: I, I want to talk to you about this is I think there's this view out from the outside of the media, of this, of the media uh, in South Africa that this is like a closed-minded little, you know, yeah. horrible, horrible place. But I've, I found that story about the German couple very, very interesting
1: indeed. Uh-huh. But, uh, sorry, if we're gonna interrupt you, Jay, I just want to add on something. Yeah. You know, I think in the in the early years of Urania you know, moving here to this forsaken little piece of semi desert, yeah. you know, it seemed like a, a bunch of far rightists, you know, just wanna segregate and not being able to accept the new South Africa and just wanna have their own share of apartheid or whatever. Yeah. And the 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 vast amount of media coverage that we got in that time. um I think it stuck with people. Did you, you guys know. have a chair at Kodesa, or something like that? Was that right? Um, there was, I think it was some some of the guys that was involved in it. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I know. Okay, okay. okay. I don't Let's know. not go on that, that then. That. <laughs> um, um, I'm not sure about the involvement there. I, I don't think there's much of uh, that. But but uh, uh, there was so much negative media attention in, uh, about Tulane in the early years. That it, just, it just stuck with people. Um, Can I, I, I yeah, well, on
0: that these days, obviously you've been here for a number of years. Uh, what is the town's experience of having journalists over? Is there a sort of feeling of, ach oh, yeah, no, there's another one coming to say bad things about us? Or do you ever get uh, journalists who are quite honest, quite open-minded, Um, And and how often does that happen? I I I assume tourists, journalists come here quite
1: often, doing like a little cover story. We get insane amounts of journalists, especially like me, even (laughs) right now. (laughs) Uh, Especially international. There's a there's a lady coming from ABC News in America. Oh wow! And in in the next uh, three weeks, I think. And I mean, we have constantly we have people from from, from France, from Germany, from from wherever you know name name it. We have had uh, really journalists from absurd. Absurd for the places around the world. Um, I would say about ninety percent of that is really negative oh, coverage. Geez, I mean, man. I've been, I've been on, you know, oh, almost want to call it. Uh, we, we had some, some very bad coverage, and after a while, you just get so fed up, you know, doing so much trouble. Trying for to cover you know, the lies yeah, and yeah, just yeah. falsehoods, and then in the end, after after going through a lot of trouble. You know these people go home and they write an apartheid piece. Yeah. Um. And I've, I've I've told people straightforward. You know, if you if you want to come here and you want to write, you know, an apartheid piece, just buy the video material f- f- from the BBC archives and, you know, just write. Just <laughs> you can do that. You can you save yourself a plane ticket from from Europe. Um. So just do that if you if you want to come and, um, be open minded. And I and I have to say this. You know, people see Orania as a very racist place and so on. But I have had personally, I've yeah. had much better experience from black journalists from South Africa really? than white European journalists. Well, that's wonderful to hear. Uh, the the simple fact is, you know, I think people from Africa understand Africa, um, and and, the, and and in that sense, maybe if they don't even agree with it, they can understand it. But people from from ninety uh, percent um, of European journalists, they they uh, they understand only one thing about Africa, and that's apartheid. Yeah, and that's the only pitch they ever have. It's the only. It's the only. Uh, yeah, it's the only coverage we, we <laughs> almost ever get from. That is very European. I uterus. think that's very very telling
0: that it's the Europeans, the ones from outside South Africa, are the ones that want to, to paint this little place as the worst. And in South Africa, you'd think the country that experienced apartheid itself was well, it's the South African
1: journalists who are a lot more sympathetic yeah. and understanding yeah. to that. Interesting um, thing, and I am very embarrassed that I can't remember the the guy's name. Yeah. At this time, but a simple Google search would, would help any listeners that are interested. Uh, it's a guy from it's a columnist from uh, a publication that I, that I also can't. From remember Britain I, or America? No, locally. Okay. It's it's a it's a it's a black man. Yeah. That came here and uh, with a former colleague of, of mine took him took him on tour and, and so on and and at some stage they just quickly stopped some water or coffee or whatever at, at yeah. my former colleague's house. Yeah. And this black journalist sees a, a book from um, I think uh, who wrote uh, Black Man You're on Your Own? Is it Biko? Yes. Uh, I've I've heard the I title. Think so. Yeah. Yeah. Could uh, be Biko. And, and he sees this book in the bookshelf. Yeah. Uh, in Urania and he's <laughs> why would this be? Here? And and they start a conversation about yeah. that. And James, um, you know, he explains why he has this book and why it was interesting for me and so on and this guy goes back and he writes a, a piece about Urania and uh, um, uh, the publication yeah. they they, 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 uh, they mentioned this book was no the no they the didn't want to publish it oh really so he, he went and published it on his own um, on online on a blog uh, and he called it black man white man you're both on your own wow so really it's not a soft piece you know it's not you know blowing hot steam into Urania but um it's a very, I think it's a, it's a very honest piece of writing. And, and, and anybody who, who wants to have, a you know, a black journalist's pr- perspective on Iranian should maybe go and Google that and, and read, read that piece.
0: Black man, white man, you're on your own.
1: Uh, that sounds it's very interesting. Iranian, if yeah. I can find
0: the link to yeah. that, I'm going to put it in the description of yeah. this video when it gets yeah. uploaded. Uh, that sounds very interesting. Yeah. So besides the journalist, I also wanted to ask, you know, these days, how much trouble does Irania face from, the South African government authorities, be it local government or national, provincial, or are you guys fairly alright on that regard? What's the situation
1: there? Very, very. Um, it's a very diverse, uh, actually, situation, because on on one side we have very good relations on, on all three levels of government yeah. with the ruling ruling bodies, but um, on the other side, you know, with with election year coming up and and so on, it's it's. Very, it's actually very funny. On the one side you would you would sit around a table and you you know practically take on challenges and sort it out and yeah. you know, have a really good relationship and then the next day in the media you would see this guy said this and this about Turan. Oh, oh you know, it's 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 oh, we'll good or yeah, you know, yeah. problem. So we, we see this a lot of times. Uh, but I think we do really have really actually we, we definitely have good relationships with, with the government and, and on, on, on multiple levels. Um and uh, it's interesting you know some days just like uh, LP or something just pitches up yeah. uh, we used to joke yeah. a while back and we said um, both a former current and future president of South Africa has been here and uh, at that That's time right. <laughs> Zuma has been uh, has still has still been president so so he visited Urania, Mandela visited Urania. And Ramaphosa and, is also. No, actually is Malema. <laughs> Malema? I said. Oh, the we were joking. Is he the, is he the, the, the future? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So that's that stage. He was still affiliated with the ANC Youth League. Oh, I see. So yeah. we joked a lot about that, you know, the former, former president, <laughs> you know, oh, no, the, the, the future president visiting Urania. And I mean, I think um, Mandela came jo- uh, in the early years of Urania to visit uh, Verwoerts. Let's and um, Zuma came also for for, you know uh, to have some meetings and uh, you know I'm not sure what his motivation was but I think it's a a, a it attracts attention obviously
0: among these big name politicians it might be a small door a small door but the fact of its uniqueness and what you guys are doing here, you know, you would not attract these big-name politicians mm-hmm. for nothing. And I think
1: Malema added a bit of a different tactic than the other two. He, he pitched up uh, he mostly, mostly unannounced, and uh, we you know, invited him in, and, and, and there was some coffee and cookies available for everybody to share, and yeah. I, I think his perception of Urania drastically changed, because I think he also he wanted maybe to, who knows, maybe he wanted a bit of a political incident, but, but in the end, he, um, he had, I think he had a good time. And after that, he didn't have much to say about Irania anymore. I think he came and he realized it's not a, a radical, far-right place that, you know, yeah. s- stand in, in direct violation or challenging the, the, the state or whatever. And he made peace with it, I think. Yeah. That, I think that's very telling
0: in and of itself. It's very easy to judge these places when you're standing from the outside and you hear about, yeah, there's an Afrikaans-only town in South Africa. It's like, well, you can make a 100 assumptions immediately from that, but it's really only when you go here that you see it for yourself. That is why I've wanted to come and visit Urania for a very long time now, and I've been very pleasantly surprised. I think it, it actually looks like a really nice place to live. Like, I feel like... Obviously, if I were to live here, I would need to fit certain criteria. But but physically, you guys seem to have a wonderful thing going, and I think maybe that's what happens. Is it's easier to talk about stuff, but it's it's more difficult to actually come see it for yourself. Yeah. So the the, the biggest experts on the
1: line here is usually the the people who haven't. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest experts are the yeah. ones who have not come. Yeah. yeah. So well, people uh, with the with the strongest opinions on yeah. on either side of the political political spectrum. You know, people who immediately just. Um, to right, Irania often you know, we don't have, we want to have anything to do with that. And on the other, uh, other hand, people who are strongly they feel uh, very they identify with us, but I think they don't really understand Orania. Maybe, yeah. maybe people on, you know, on the far, far right of the political spectrum they would, they would say, Yeah, oh, Iran is the place, but they also maybe don't fully understand. Urania. People should visit Orania, go on a tour, speak to people, and just yeah. try and understand the Iranian idea. Um, and that would break a lot of uh, assumptions. Absolutely, I know exactly what you're saying,
0: especially even on the right side of the political Mm -hmm. spectrum. I'm, you know, I follow a lot of uh, US politics and European politics and I suppose it can be a bit irritating sometimes when you have someone
1: who's got a very bad name say something nice about you, (laughs) if you know what I'm saying. I understand fully and you know we we, we joke, you know uh, usually when you meet someone and you tell them you're from Irania, they have one of two reactions. The first is to um, you know, be a bit uncomfortable with you. Yeah, you know, and like the you're right from the yeah. and, uh, and and the other reaction is to you know lean in and try to tell you a racist joke. Oh You know, no, that's yeah, the, oh, geez, that's, yeah. that's that's the two, that's the two most common reactions. You know, oh, just, oh, I can you know I can be racist with you because you know, you know you're from Morania, and the and the and the other side would be you know.
0: So yeah, assumptions, uh, a lot of assumptions. A lot of assumptions, but uh, like I said, you know, my greatest advice is actually just to come here see it for yourself. Well, that's very interesting. I also want to, you know, just for the listeners to understand how things work here. I know you said it's very complicated, but um, we can try our best, I suppose, or you can try your best, I don't know. But can you explain to us a little bit how the government uh, of Orania functions? Uh, Maybe you can just explain about the council and how affairs are carried out in a town... Uh, instead of how they are carried out in the town that I live in, where the municipality does it.
1: Like you said, it's a fairly complicated matter. But to um to, to to begin and understand it, you know, is to begin with the with the stupid stuff. Actually, firstly, you know, a lot of people think we are under, uh, independent from South Africa in in, in some ways. We yeah. we might be on you know on very local levels to some to some extent, but we're not a country on our own as we so we're C- so commonly see on Twitter and. Can Quickly
0: ask you about yes. that, regardless of the political status. Do Do you think, you know, you as a person living in this town, do you think the the, the people who live in Urania identify with Urania as opposed to South Africa, or is that?
1: I would not say so. You Okay. I think maybe if you wanna go down that rabbit hole, there's a there's a lot of people that see the positive things in Urania as opposed to the negative things in South Africa. Yes. Absolutely. In that way, yes, maybe but we, we, we are not delusional. We, we understand that we're just a, at this stage a town in South Africa we're part of the, of the country yeah. you know? and uh, a lot of negative comments uh, about Turania especially on Twitter and so you know people would say yeah, how can this be a country in South of South yeah. Africa <laughs> we're on the same constitution as everybody else we follow the same rules and so on on a local level we might be a bit more independent than, uh, That's why. than, 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 than a lot of other places but it seems to me that it's no different really from
0: uh, a country which has uh, many countries have got autonomous regions for certain ethnic groups
1: yeah. uh, we will talk about later about Saitama uh, and, 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 and that's our mandate obviously uh, Article 235 of, of the Constitution, constitution. Yeah. gives us the right for, for preservation of a cultural group and that's uh, where, where Urania came from. Okay let me just quickly try and, and, and explain the government to some extent. Sure. Okay. So there's multiple role players in the broader leadership of Urania yeah. The Urania movement is one of those uh, role players. It's a membership organisation that, that that's actually marketing the Urania idea. If I can put it put it in, in those terms, we mostly um, we're mostly liaising to the outside. Yeah. Um, speaking with our friends in Europe, speaking to the government on, on different levels, speaking to people who are interested in Urania and so forth. Then we have the the municipal. Um, the municipal uh, municipality also functions to some extent, and and people must not understand this the wrong way. But they do they do have certain functions that a state a state a, a government would have yes. in the country yes. as well. But not only just a municipality. So there's some 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 broader uh, things like uh, safety and security. Um, you know we don't have a police station here because it is
0: so. If there's a massive crime that happened that were to happen, yeah. The municipality would get involved. I assume
1: if a, a a massive crime would happen, we would call the SAPS. Okay. But um, luckily, we are fortunate enough to not have a lot of uh, crime here at this stage. Um, but the the, the the municipality do things like that, and and you know, uh, um, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of government related functions, if I can put it in those simple terms. But um, the important thing that that happened in the year two thousand, Urania were already existing for a few years, um, and then. Um, if I can put it in terms as simple as this, the, the state wanted municipal offices from the apartheid regime to slowly be ph- phased out. Yeah. Um, and what they did is they, there was a certain time frame of empowering new people to take up those positions. And then in the year 2000 they called Urgangs uh, came to an end and a type of umbrella uh, municipal system. So you you're referring to the transition from like having like a town council,
0: which I believe was the way uh, it was done uh, prior to the current system. Yeah,
1: it's like a bit of an umbrella system with multiple yeah. towns under
0: on one yeah. municipality. So like I in Grahamstown where I'm from, we got Makana, and yeah. Grahamstown is the main city, but we've also got a few others around yeah. some
1: farms. Yeah. So you guys are in Temboliche, I believe. Temboliche, that's correct. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, we said, I mean, we're we doing our own thing, at that at that stage we, we could to some extent look after our own municipal municipal um, needs, but we didn't want to be under the, the military municipality. And yeah, it went to court, to the constitutional court, and we um, we came to an agreement with the state that Irania would keep functioning the way it is. So it's a major victory for us in, in 2000, yeah. you know. You know, everybody, everybody was walking in the streets for, dressed in orange. You know, <laughs> <and a> national <laughs> like colour. I can certainly imagine so. Um, right? And it's like a really, uh, it was a very important. Uh, Do you mind reference. if I ask? I don't know if you remember, but was the the court
0: decision sort of predicated on Section Two, Three, Five of the Constitution? There,
1: I don't Is remember. That, sorry, it's a massive uh, question, uh, but no, uh, no, I don't <laughs> think it was. It was more a practical, practical matter. Okay, I think okay. so, but I'm not sure. I don't want to go into too much of the of the. Of technical details the case is online if anybody wants to see as yeah. I, I think most also yeah, and it's it's this, 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 there are some experts in Iranian so that can, can answer those questions just not my, my field but what it meant was that Urania can function uh, uh, pr- providing our own um, municipal needs so when the rest of the country votes for uh, political parties in a uh, Election, municipal elections. Local government elections. Local yeah. government elections. We vote for independent candidates inside Urania. Okay. We don't go uh, and, and and vote for the DA or the EF or the ANC or whatever. We just vote for a for a candidate. Yeah. Uh, in, in Urania and they are then elected to the Urania representative um, council. committee. committee or. Council. And uh, it's a I think to 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 some extent it's a very symbolic role. They move their responsibilities, they, they outsource their uh, responsibilities to the municipality and the Rania movement and so on. Um, but it's very important for, for us, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of local independence. And we can r- write our own um, municipal bylaws and, and so on. And I think we, we do stuff like, you know, every new building, residential building that's built, have to have a, a solar giza. Okay. Be- okay. You know, it's just yes. a simple thing, but it's we have so much sun that's usable, and it's a, such yeah. a, a large effect on our electricity and so on. So we can do things like that. But yeah, you know, the important thing is we don't take part in, in local government elections. We we vote internally. The national election?
0: Is there a, a polling booth set up yes. in the town? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I suppose for that one, you no, We do to.
1: we do take part in
0: that election. Yes. Uh, totally understandable. <laughs> um, And so, so like you said, the council sort of delegates roles to... uh, Can can I ask a little bit, um, the Orania movement, could you describe what that is exactly? Because I understand it goes beyond just the town.
1: So we are, I guess you can call it the Department of Foreign Affairs. I see, yeah. You you guys even have a representative in Europe, isn't that correct? Yeah, multiple, actually. Multiple representatives. Some in Germany, some in in England, some in in South South, uh, Tyrol. Yeah. Um, A lot of friends as well. People that are not, you know, necessarily... Uh, representatives but the, uh, people from South Tower would visit us yearly and the next year we would visit them and okay. we have a good agreement you know they come and shoot some springbok and and we drink of the, some of their local wines <laughs> so yeah. we have a lot of fun um, but it's I think it's important to think a bit bigger than just you know What's going on day to day, and um, friends in Europe is, is very important, or friends in the rest of the world. Yeah. We also have friends in Russia and America and so. On. Yeah. Um, but it's very important to have those uh, people representing. Uh, representing. Uh, representing your your needs and your challenges and so to the outside world. I think we we saw a lot of international media coverage, and uh, in the in the, in the last few weeks about farmers and. Uh, yes. Um, I'm very. The narrative actually changed, I think, because
0: of that. Yeah. Um, Personally, about the farm murders issue, I for, for an issue like that, where the South African government at the moment has made it very clear, it's not really interested in dealing with the know. issue. Um, I think something like that is going to be won by overseas pressure. That's I mean, a, I mean,
1: look yeah. at apartheid. Yeah, precisely, yeah. precisely. Yeah. This is what I always say. To it's people. the it's mm-hmm. the international pressure that yeah, the end uh, might might abort So.
0: Um, Besides that, we've mentioned a little bit about South Tyrol. Uh, we know you have connections with them. I was also very interested when I found out that you guys have connections with a few other communities in South Africa. Could you explain a little bit about that and what uh, is going on with
1: I actually your, your last question I didn't answer oh, properly but about the iranian movement yeah'm going so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer both now okay cool um, so, so the Orania movement is always lazing to the outside yeah and, um, and uh, prime examples of that is, you know, an agreement of, of working together with a, a, a town in the Eastern Cape, Mnemeni. Yeah. It's a, it's a causa community. And I, they are also fed up with local politics, with local elections or whatever. Um, there's a winner and a loser, but, but Mnemeni loses every time. And a lot of their cultural rights and stuff are, are being taken away in order to have successful political local government and they, they just said they're just as fed up as, as, um, to some degree as us with, with, with politics I'm sure they would be the Urania movement is, is working towards we are striving towards Afrikaner freedom but uh, um, we understand that these people they have the same problems and they want self-determination as well and we have 25 years experience and they don't have so much experience with that specific challenges and we can help them with that you know it's to everybody's. Um, uh, it's it's a win win It's to everybody's benefits. one win situation. Uh, so we do that, and we, we also do the same with a uh, Khoisan uh, community close to Springbok and, uh, in and um and Holting, and yeah. So we have these communities, and we try to teach them things. I mean, our, our local bank is a, a prime example. So yes. It started as a um, as a I think it's a stock fell. But it's now, uh, you know, a, a, a cooperative community bank. And, we, you know, we have our own money. Yeah, um, a yeah. um, well, Or not, not money, obviously. It's not a currency, but it's a, well, it's a, why is it's it? a coupon. Why is, it? is is? Do you think it's not a currency? I, I, I was in well, the Well, it's, it's not money. It's, it's illegal <laughs> to print money. Um, wow. But it's, it is legal <laughs> to print a coupon. Oh, oh okay. So, so, so for so legal reasons. Yeah. That's so a pretty, uh, so a we problem. do that. Um, you know but on this, at the same time every Ura is backed by one Rand so while well, that Rand is lying in the bank uh, getting, getting a lot of interest yeah. um, we have a coupon that's also safe you know nobody's going to put a gun to your head for, for on a little paper yeah that's because right because they can only use it here and, and thirdly you know it's, uh, it, it stimulates the local economy by circulating
0: I also noticed in the one shop that you have sometimes two different prices and the yes. one at Ura is a bit cheaper yeah I thought that's very clever. Actually, I think that's a brilliant. So
1: you pay no, no bank um, charges. Bank charges when you withdraw with us. Oh, okay. We want we want people to um, to use with us because it's, it's really stimulating to the to the local economy. You know, yeah. turning the the, the, the same ten euro inside the, the town multiple
0: times. I think it's actually, this is one of my favorite discoveries about Orania. Personally, I'm someone who's very interested uh, in monetary policy and the role that central banks have on governments and I I love it when people do this and I, this is why I'm also a fan of cryptocurrency. And yeah, I actually, so actually,
1: we're, we're taking things to the next level now with the yeah, um, oh, yes. um, a crypto-based or, or blockchain-based version of the Ura. I heard Davi Root yeah, is helping it's, you guys it's with that. I don't really have... The, the beta version is, is currently in testing, but uh, we, we're expecting big things from this. Well, it sounds awesome.
0: I Personally, I'm a massive fan of new currencies, so I was like really ripped up yeah. when, I, when I, I, I did read about uh, the Eora. Um The other thing I wanted to ask you is that, you know, you've lived in this town a number of years, you've seen it, I'm sure, change quite dramatically. Um, this is quite a, a broad and a big question, but I want to ask you, you know, as for the future of Urania, uh, what, what, is, what are some goals that Urania has in the sort of near future? And then if I were to ask you, you know, in an ideal world, what would this town be like? So this is a big question as well. But if I could say, if you guys had the option, you could secede from South Africa completely. You think you would take an option like that? if i said if you could double the population if you had the interests and the infrastructure to double the population would you like to see something like that or is there an essence of having uh, a small town that is enjoyed by the citizens
1: so the current big ronnego the, the, yeah. the next step is to become a city ah we call it from, from town to city from dorp so we want we want to be a city but for a few, for a few reasons uh, firstly I think uh, Afrikaners in South Africa, for the most, they are specialized people. You know, they go into a, they go into something and they specialize, and you can't, you know, be a brain surgeon in a little, little rural town. Um, exactly, yeah. um So, so economically, there's a lot of reasons about uh, uh, around there, and then to then to answer your your broader question, you know, the the primary goal of Orania's existence, preserving and building out Afrikaner culture and to, to, to create a place where Afrikaners can be to some extent free. Now we can, we can go into a very deep philosophical debate about freedom and so, so on. But um, if that means um, we have to become more and more independent and more and more self-sustainable uh, in the future, we, we would do that. We, to some extent, we do want freedom. Um, and also, um, we have a five-year plan, investing 182 million rands. Uh, in infrastructure in Aronia to make it possible for ten thousand people to live here. Wow! So that's very the, that, that is the um, yeah. That's, that's a very <laughs> ambitious plan. Uh, according to our city planners, we do have space currently okay. with our current land. We have we have place for ten thousand people if we are able to um, to develop the infrastructure accordingly. Um, but uh, yeah, we want to be a place where any and every Afrikaner can come. You know. Um, where everybody can be, can be welcome. So, so oh. the more we can grow, the better. That's a great way, I think, to end off. Uh, bye, donkey that you,
0: that you have made me in English. Yeah. I really appreciate that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a very interesting place. I'm very happy that I've uh, come to visit here. And the thing that I would like to end off personally by saying is that before you want to criticize and, and, and talk nonsense about Irania, come visit here and see what it's like. I really didn't know what to expect. I'd only read about it. I'd only watched a few uh, talks by people from Urania, but I have actually been pleasantly surprised. I think it's a, a wonderful place that you guys have here.
1: Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. We touched base on so many things. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't think we properly addressed anything because we, but we we spoke about a lot of things. And I and if if only we can stimulate interest. Yeah. Around Urania, and people, you know, they can go online and visit uh, our website yeah, or our you, Facebook page. Do you want to
0: just say a few yeah. links that you listeners yeah. could uh, go to
1: check out for Urania? They, they can search Urania or Urania Beweging as an Urania movement on Facebook. We have a, a Facebook page with about uh, just short of 100,000 followers uh, www.urania.ca.za. Um, so find us there, connect. Uh, you can ask questions you can you can send any uh, questions that you have to us um, at usania and I'll, I'll possibly get to that and answer you um, but yeah yo, just again sorry for 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 no, just no, loosely no, no. touching so many things no um, it's all right look it's we could talk for hours
0: but I my, you know we don't have hours and I, my main thing is I just want people to understand a little bit about here and yeah. increase some some right knowledge and not knowledge from journalists to come yes. and, and write nonsense about this place. Thank you for coming, visiting, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. It's no problem. Thanks very much, and bye, donkey. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rational Standard Podcast. As usual, I'll put all the links below to various interesting articles and places where you can find some cool stuff. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Nick Babaya, N-I-C-K-B-A-B-A-Y-A. Uh, If you'd like to follow Rational Standard, it's at Rational Stand. Or if you want to read some of our articles, go to www.rationalstandard.com and give us a like on Facebook as well. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next episode. Cheerio.